The Holy Gospel for this day is from John chapter 6, beginning at verse 56. Jesus said, Those who eat my flesh and drink my blood abide in me, and I in them. Just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so whoever eats me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like that which your ancestors ate, and they died, but the one who eats this bread will live forever. He said these things while he was teaching in the synagogue at Capernaum. When many of his disciples heard it, they said, This teaching is difficult. Who can accept it? But Jesus, being aware that his disciples were complaining about it, said to them, Does this offend you? Then what if you were to see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? It is the Spirit that gives life. The flesh is useless. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. But among you there are some who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the first who were the ones that did not believe and who was the one who would betray him. And he said, For this reason I have told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted by the Father. Because of this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer went about with him. So Jesus asked the twelve, Do you also wish to go away? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. This is the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. Grace to all of you and peace from God, our Creator, and from our Lord, and from our Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Most holy God, you sent Jesus 2,000 years ago to show us your love and compassion and your willingness to go into our grief and our pain and even our death. Today, we read the story of Jesus speaking to many disciples and how many of them turned their back on Jesus and walked away. Almighty God, you speak to us today. Help us to be like Peter and the Twelve who say that you are the gift of eternal life. To whom shall we go? You, O oh Lord, have the word of life for us. In Jesus' holy and most blessed name we pray. Amen. Indeed, for three weeks in a row, we have heard Jesus say to his disciples and to us that we are to eat his flesh and drink his blood. Now, if you're brand new to the church and you hear Jesus saying that week after week, eat my flesh, drink my blood, you might think it's a little odd. But the people in Jesus' day knew exactly what Jesus was saying. It wasn't literal, it was symbolic. Eat my flesh, drink my blood meant the communion meal, of course, to eat the bread, to drink the wine, to receive the body and blood of Jesus. They would do that week after week after week to receive the very presence of Jesus. When Jesus said this the first time, however, people not only knew it was about communion, they knew it was about something even more. It was about taking into themselves all of the teaching, all of the priorities, 
all of the values, all of the ministry that Jesus represented. It meant taking Jesus into themselves and becoming a little bit like Jesus. And then it becomes a bit of a challenge. It meant some huge things. If we were to take Jesus into ourselves and become like him and follow him in ministry, it meant, wow, then we will love those who are absolutely unlovable. We will be the ones feeding the hungry and clothing the naked. Taking Jesus' body and blood, flesh and blood, into ourselves would mean that we would welcome the stranger, that we would challenge the complacent, that we would work for peace and justice in our world. Taking Jesus into ourselves was a huge challenge to the listeners in that first century. It meant that they would have to change. They would have to change themselves and, like Jesus, begin touching the lepers and forgiving the prostitute and loving the tax collectors. It would be hard for them to do that. And they realized it would be difficult. They realized they'd have to change. And nobody likes to change, even if the change means a better world, a better life. I mean, we're all like that. We all want someone else to change, not us to change. And that's exactly the reason it's said in the text today that many people walked away from Jesus. It's because they understood his phrase, eat my flesh, drink my blood, too clearly. They knew exactly what he was asking. And they said, you know, that's just a bridge too far. I don't want to change that much. Well, 2,000 years later, 21st century, here we are. And we are here, Jesus, saying the same thing to us. Eat my flesh, drink my blood. We know it's communion, but it's more than simply coming forward and taking the bread and the wine. It is taking Jesus to ourselves, to allow Jesus to become part of us. To take on Jesus' values and priorities and teaching and become the body of Christ in the world today. It's, it's hugely challenging. And often we don't want to be challenged. If that were indeed the case, that today when you take communion, when we take communion, we took very seriously that it means we become a little like Jesus in the world around us and that we're willing to take the risk of bringing about change for health, wholeness, peace, justice. What might that look like in your life and in mine? Maybe there is some issue in your family. The elephant in the room, the unspoken issue or conflict that is at the very core but nobody talks about. Maybe that's the challenge to address that shadow. Maybe for someone here it is addressing the, the demon of addiction that you just keep putting off and putting off. 
Maybe for some of us here today, it's a challenge to our lifestyle and our priorities. Maybe it has to do with generosity. Maybe it has to do with living with abundance rather than scarcity. It could be many things, unique to each one of the people here today. Maybe it means reaching out with an olive branch to someone who is a political opponent, especially in our world today. I asked the church staff this week to give me an example of what it might mean to take Jesus' body and blood to ourselves today and to truly face some issue or problem in the world that we don't often want to face and to make a difference, to, to change, change ourselves and the world around us. And the staff members, you know, we sat, sat for a while. Nobody wants to talk. So I just was quiet and I waited. And I was amazed at the energy around this issue. They said that one of the main things in the suburbs of Seattle today is loneliness and isolation. That people live apart from one another and people deep down desire community. That we cocoon ourselves in our homes and we binge watch our shows. We think social media is a way of true community, but it is not. It is a false community. It doesn't really allow us to connect one-on-one and be there in the difficult and dark times. I found it fascinating that we were all filled with energy around this. People describe our lives as being hectic and treadmill all so we can live an abundant life. We run and run and run on this treadmill to have an abundant life, and we, we define our abundant life pretty much always in material terms, or maybe I should say financial security terms, where an abundant life is meant to include the spiritual, the community, the relational, which we tend to ignore in our society. Well, the staff members were going on and on about this problem in our world today, what they observe, and they're very savvy to observe what's going on in our world today. And it's not as much just people who make their way out to church on a Sunday morning, but the many, many people who are isolated in their homes day by day by day. So what, I asked them, what then would be the challenge? What would Jesus say today to take a risk? And they again sat in silence for a while. And finally someone said, well, you know, I think Jesus' challenge for us would be to risk reaching out, to talk to someone we may not know, to notice someone in the corners of life or down the street who hasn't been out. But that's hard to do too. It's hard to reach out. Just the day after I had this conversation with our staff members, I was listening to National Public Radio. And in National Public Radio this week, there was an article, uh, interview with a sociologist who was studying why people don't talk to each other on the bus or on the train. And as people get on the bus and nobody talks to anybody, you don't even catch each other's eye. And he was studying that phenomenon of human nature this inability to take a risk because he knew 
from interviews with individuals who ride the bus when he talked to them one-on-one, asking them the question, would you mind if you had a conversation with someone on the bus on a, sun, on a morning as you go to work? And the vast majority of people said, sure, I'd have a conversation with someone. Might be fun to meet someone new. But nobody does. Nobody reaches out. Nobody takes that risk of reaching out. And why is that? Why don't we reach out? Another example I thought of this week was of my own neighborhood. Now, as in your neighborhoods, you may not know the people down the street. You may know their names, but you don't know a whole lot about their life. There was a church um, in Kirkland three years ago now where the pastor stood up and basically gave the sermon I'm giving you now. We live in a world where people are isolated, lonely, And my challenge to you as a congregation is for you to go out and organize a block party. You don't need to say anything about your church. In fact, don't say anything about your church. Just organize a block party. Get people together. It'll build community. It'll build the world that Christ would want. That was really scary for people to do. And one of those church members who heard that sermon lives in my neighborhood and organized a block party three years in a row now. And it's like we neighbors now are friends. We have a great diversity of people, both, you know, economically and racially and religiously, and yet we're all kind of connected because we have something in common. We all live close together, and we all wanted to make a connection. It just took a little bit of effort. It took a little bit of risk on that one family's part to make that invitation. And I think that's the core of our lesson today. Because the people who walked away from Jesus were not willing to take that risk for a healthier, happier future. And not just around the issue of loneliness, but whatever it is in your or my life. We deep down know what is good and right and true and happy and healthy and whole. We, knew, we know what the world ought to look like and yet we hesitate to live that world. I don't think the people who walked away from Jesus were anti-Jesus. They had this inertia of change, unwillingness to change, and address and take the risk of health and wholeness. To take the risk of health and wholeness. Isn't that interesting? I think that's what our text is today. To take the risk of health and and wholeness for ourselves and for our world. Amen. Let us pray. Most gracious God, you speak to us directly today and you invite us to eat your flesh and drink your blood. Help us to know, like the first disciples, what that truly meant to take your values, your priorities, your teaching your strength that we might reach out to the world around us. That's why we come to you week by week, O Lord, to get your strength because we are hesitant. We lack courage and we need your strength. We need your courage. Give it to us today in the bread and the wine of communion and help us live a world, a life that is healthy, happy, and whole, peaceful, and filled with justice. Amen.